What's crack? Big dogs. Welcome bike to the channel. Welcome bike to the headquarters. Welcoming myself bike to the headquarters after a long, fruitful few weeks of traveling, of scavenging the globe, of living like a rich person on someone else's dime. Life was good, man. Life was good, but life is better when I'm back in this seat and talking to y'all through the camera. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE Big Dogs. Gotta eat. And it is rookie season in effect therefore i'm a fan of doing these mock drafts man i think i'm gonna do these pretty often uh maybe once a week you guys seem to love them my most popular video that i put out two weeks ago we did a full rookie mock draft of the first round non-super flex okay so it was 12 skill position players that was a long video it was like 40 45 minutes again you guys seem to really like that one so if you missed that one and you want a more in-depth look at this class the first 12 players on my board I will link that one down below. And I would go watch that first and then come bike to this one. Today is going to be the same thing, but a super flex draft. So we're going to go the first round of a 2022 Dynasty rookie mock draft. Picks 1 through 12, super flex. Following this up, on Friday, we're going to do part two, which is round two. Okay, so we're going to do the first 24 picks. I'll do round three the week after, maybe. I've been running through this class, man, just watching film after tape after film, after YouTube video. There are a lot of players in this class. It's not a very, very good class overall in terms of like talent and prospect profiles. Obviously, there could be a lot of good players that come out of it. But from a very raw standpoint, we could usually tell, you know, this class is really good running backs by looking at their production, their reception level in college, their athleticism coming out of high school, their size, all those kind of things. We have a really good idea of like how these classes stack up. And right now, the way I'm looking at this overall is the quarterback class is weak. We have a lot of mock drafts. If you just look up like normal NFL mock drafts, there are some where you won't see a quarterback go inside the top 10. I don't think that's the case. I definitely think we have at least one quarterback drafted inside the top 10 of this year's class, whether it's a trade up or whatever the case may be. But overall, a weak class where we've been spoiled the last five years. We've seen a few first round running backs. We've seen a ton of, you know, second round running backs. Any A lot of day one, early day two picks at the running back position where we don't have a guaranteed player that's going to be coming off the board early at the running back position. Same thing with the quarterback position wide receivers this should be a, a pretty good class at the top again I think we'll see a, a handful of first round wide receivers in the NFL draft which obviously makes you more comfortable taking them in your rookie drafts tight ends we don't we're definitely not getting like a top 10 guy over the last few years you know we've had the Kyle Pitts's we've had the TJ Hawkinson's we've had guys go very 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 early I mean there are a couple of good guys at the top of the class like the Trey McBride's and the Jalen uh, Widemeyer's uh, out of Texas A&M or whatever I don't know I don't I don't I don't know if they're gonna go you know back in one I doubt it round two could be into round three something in that so overall just a pretty weak class which makes those you know middle round picks pretty damn valuable right you look at the the mid second round picks and the reason they're valuable is because everything from like the back of the first all the way to the mid third obviously there's gonna be separation there's a lot of talented players at the, the bottom of the first but you get the point there, there starts to be this like mush of tears where the player values are not that they're not that different so these mock drafts are important for you to get familiarized with the players so you know what to do with your rookie picks mike mr mike me up who's putting out his Market Watch Monday video every single Monday on the channel, put it out yesterday, uh, dropped a video about how to maximize the value from your rookie picks. So we are putting out, obviously, Dynasty videos every single day of the week. Uh, I know you guys have absolutely loved the the newcomer of Mr. Noah Hills, Noah Moore Parties, who is dropping absolute fucking big brain shit on you every single Wednesday and Sunday now. He has added a second video to the repertoire, which is you know, huge for the program. So yeah, I mean, things are things are in full effect. Hope you guys are enjoying the content. Let me know what type of content you want to see up until the NFL draft. Most of it's going to be rookie and dynasty focused, uh, but I will take 
suggestions, okay? So I'm ready to get into this speech. If y'all are ready to do the same, you know what to do. We're gonna tuck our shirts in. We're gonna stop yelling. That's what we're doing from now on, Tony. I'm, I'm done with the eat shit. My wrists hurt. Doctor said I need a wristiotomy. I'm out. I'm out the fucking wrist game. I'm out the crack game. Okay. After seeing what it did to to my baby girl in Euphoria, I can't be I can't be spinning up the crack anymore. Last thing I'd like to throw out at you guys before we get into the actual content itself. Spotify is making a very big push in the podcasting game, as y'all are probably very much aware of. They started doing a rating system on there. So I beg of you, I'm literally, let me me do my peasant, my peasant impression. I beg of you, if you listen on Spotify, or if you're just on YouTube and you're watching me beg like a peasant, if you go to Spotify, go to the podcast section, type in BDGE Fantasy Football, you'll see a little rating system where you can rate us one to five stars. It would be an absolute honor to have you rate us something higher than a one, preferably a five. That would be beautiful. But uh, there's a lot of opportunity to jump up that space right now in the Spotify podcasting game. And if we do so early and often, you guys would push us up the charts and I would love you forever. Forever. All right. Spotify, BDGE, Fantasy Football. We'll link that down below. Oof. Okay, let's uh, let's get this rookie mock kicked off. Okay, this is super flex, obviously, so quarterbacks become a little bit more valuable. That being said, I don't give a fuck. Brees Hall is still my 101. The running back out of Iowa State, 6'1", 220 pounds, 215 pounds. He's got that prototype build. He is someone who's put up elite college production in his three years at Iowa State. Again, I went in depth on a lot of these skill players in the last mock video, so I'm going to just do a very, very brief overview. The other thing I'm going to do is compare them to their ADP, which is up on playerprofiler.com. So I have Brees Hall as the 101. His current ADP is also the 101, so a zero spot difference there. Brees Hall has shown the skill set to do everything that a workhorse running back in the NFL can do. He's got the size. He has caught at least 23 passes in every single season in college. His previous year, his junior season, is coming out early, early. Declare, that's a positive right there. 36 receptions. He has gone for 23 touchdowns in each of the final two seasons. Again, he could do everything on all three downs. He is quietly very elusive. He's not super flashy, but the vision is there. The contact balance is there. My comp for him was Aaron Jones, but you're adding 20 pounds to that frame. So that is a dangerous, dangerous man. I think I'm going to do a video one of these days soon where it's just literally a player comp video where I go through the first 24 picks and give you my player comp for each of those rookies. Let me know. Drop a comment down below if you want to see that video. So Brees Hall for me, the easy 101. I don't think he's going to come away with, you know, a ton of long speed, but I could be wrong. You know, if he gets into like the the four fours, you know, four, four, eight or something like that, he's going to have some really good weight adjusted speed. The other beautiful thing about this is he's 20 and a half years old. Okay, he's going to be 21 later on in the summer. So if he hits, he's got like an extra two to three year window where a lot of these rookies don't have this class overall. It's odd because you get deeper into this class, the uh, the rookie running back class, which is like fucking 40 names deep. You'll see a lot of guys are like 5'11", 220. And you're like, oh, that's interesting, because the last couple of years, the guys who are in like the second, third, fourth round of rookie drafts have been like undersized and you need to nitpick. It's like the Kenny Gainwells where you're like, oh, he's really small, but he's a good pass catcher. Or this guy's super elusive, but he's not like a physical you know you're nitpicking shit and a lot of these guys in this year's class have like the workhorse size and you're just kind of nitpicking the things that you hope can complement those a lot of the the running backs in this year's class are are big have workhorse size but a lot of them are coming into the league at like 
22, 23 years old. There's like six or seven top running backs this year that are coming in at 23. So Brees Hall has a three-year advantage on those running backs. So you've got the age, you've got the size, you've got basically every asset of a workhorse running back. Love Brees Hall at the 101. He's a no-brainer for me. We move over to Traylon Burks at the 102. I have him at two, ADP currently at four. So I'm two spots higher on Traylon Burks. He's wide receiver out of Arkansas. He is basically an A.J. Brown prototype. He is massive, 6'2", 225 pounds, supposedly going to blaze the 40-yard dash. He is someone who separates really, really well. Listen, I know a lot of people are going to get angry and they're going to be like, he's not a good route runner. There's a difference between separating and a route runner. You don't necessarily need to be a tactician to separate at the NFL level. And Traylon Burks gets it done. The deadliest play in all of college football is a Traylon Burks bubble screen. Okay. This guy's 225 pounds, moves like AJ Brown. That's that's his most that's the sexiest attribute of this guy, is his size combined with how he moves with the ball in his hands. He is a high upside wide receiver one in fantasy for the remainder of his lifetime. Love Traylon Burks. Go watch Traylon Burks versus Alabama if you are looking for some thirsty, thirsty content on this Tuesday morning. Number three, our first quarterback off the board. My first quarterback for fantasy rookie drafts is Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I have met three ADP currently at six. So I'm a little bit higher on Pickett. Kenny Pickett's a big boy. He's got that prototype size, 6'3", 220, strong, strong arm, slinger. He has legit zip on the ball. I would consider it borderline a weapon. Like honestly, if I'm a wide receiver for Pittsburgh, I'm fucking pissed. My hands are numb after the games. I would say his arm strength is more in the velocity than the actual like deep ball and being able to use that as his strength. But he has a lot of really, really good attributes that I love that I think are going to translate immediately at the next level. I think he's the most pro ready quarterback in this class. He looks very athletic on film as well. He can scramble very, very well in the sense that like it's like Mahomes-ish or Josh Allen light, not necessarily scrambling like Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But he throws very well on the move. And I think it's a combination of having that arm velocity. Like when you're on the move, if you're throwing ducks, that's when the ball starts trailing behind your wide receivers. But if you have really, really strong arm zip on it and you're on the move, a lot of your throws are going to be more accurate. Just common sense, I think. He was at Pittsburgh for five years. He has one really, really big year on his resume, which is obviously a red flag. But again, I think that long of a resume gets you pro ready. Okay, so this last year at Pittsburgh, 4,319 passing yards, 8.7 yards per attempt, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That was big time, but that's coming off of two years in a row where he threw 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So we're looking at a one-year sample size where he played really, 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 really well. And there's going to be a lot of debates on whether or not that's a problem. He couldn't come out after 2020 because he would have been like a late day two pick, day three pick. And obviously he shot his draft stock up to Mars over there. So I think Kenny Pickett has a real chance to be the quarterback one off the board in the NFL. And again, a lot of these quarterback rankings are going to be completely predicated on where they go in the NFL draft, okay? So I'm going to give you my subjective takes on these quarterbacks. And the thing is, everybody in this industry is horrible, horrible at projecting quarterbacks. NFL scouts, NFL executives, NFL GMs, Twitter GMs, dynasty players, season-long players, we're all horrible at projecting quarterbacks. So get your guys that you like and then let the NFL draft dictate where you actually pick them in rookie drafts, okay? Kenny Pickett's my guy. A lot of people are saying he's a high floor guy. I think he has his. I, I think he has good ceiling. I think he has real ceiling. I think he's got the arm strength. I think he's got the scramble ability. Uh, I think he's got a lot going for him. So he is my quarterback one in this class, and he is my 103. Numero four, we have Mr. Drake London, the Mike Evans clone out of USC, six foot five, two hundred and ten pound wide receiver. I currently have him at four. 104. His ADP right now is the 110. Six spots at man. If I can get Drake London at the 110 in the Superflex League, 
So this dude ended up fracturing a part of his leg towards the end of the year, but in his eight games that he did play this year, he was absolutely dominant, and the target share on his team was as elite as anyone in the country. Again, this dude is huge, but the beautiful part about Drake London is not just the size, but he's very nimble on his feet. Like He's someone who separates real. His route running is really, really, really good, and he can move with the ball in his hands really, really well. So you'll see that with the top three wide receivers in this class. We have Traylon Burks, we have Drake London, we have Garrett Wilson, who I'm getting to afterwards. They're all awesome. They're all really good route runners. They're all great with the ball in their hands. They're all fast. They're all twitchy. They're all, you know, they, they can kind of do it all. So I love all three of these guys at the top. Drake London just seems to be the guy that I gravitate to. When I watch him play, I'm like, dude, he can do a, re- a lot of really, really special things. So Drake London, absolute behemoth. Mike Evans, Brandon Marshall is kind of my comp for Drake London. Like Mike Evans is maybe more explosive, maybe more like spectacular catch ability. And I don't even know if that's if that's actually true. But I think Drake London might develop into a crispier route runner. And that's why I kind of put Brandon Marshall in that same vein as Mr. Drake London. And I think Drake London has a chance to be like a top 10, top 15 pick in the NFL draft. Moving on to 105. This is going to be a fun one. My second QB off the board. And that is Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty 105. He is currently going seventh overall in draft. So I have him two spots higher. Malik Willis is an interesting evaluation, of course. And like I said, we're going to let the NFL draft kind of dictate where we take these guys in rookie drafts. Malik Willis is obviously a special case because a very talented runner. He is someone who can step into an NFL team and rush, regardless of how shitty he is as a passer, can rush for 600, 700, 800 yards on the ground immediately. Okay. And that is going to make you a fantasy viable quarterback, no matter what. So I think subjectively you can like a guy or not like a guy or say his film is trash or whatever. He makes bad decisions, but that kind of fantasy upside, the rushing is objective, right? And that's always going to come with a little bit of extra upside. Apparently he played really, really well at the senior bowl and his draft stock has shot up. I've heard some rumors that there's a chance he goes top five. There's a chance he goes top four. There's a chance he goes top two. This is a real, real rumor I heard from a credible source that has credible sources. It's not a lie. I know that's something that I would just lie to you guys about right now. And like, that's like a joke on top of a joke, but it's not. That's real shit. There's a chance Malik Willis goes top five. I think he's a guy who will probably sit. His accuracy can be questionable all the time, but this dude has a fucking hose. I want you guys to go on YouTube and type in uh, Malik Willis versus Eastern Michigan versus East E Michigan. All right. There are some throws, particularly at the 55 second mark, the 141 mark, the 155 mark and the 605 mark where you're watching and you're like, oh my God, how does this dude even, how is that physically possible? So Malik Willis makes some plays where you just don't understand how he does it with his, his arm strength is unbelievable. The rushing upside is unbelievable. I also thought my subjective film take, he was more accurate, you know, outside the hashes. I thought he was very accurate. Uh, short intermediate film intermediate is where it starts to get a little bit wonky but like zero to ten yards and then outside the hashes I thought he was fine and he could do well and he's got good zip on the ball I think he's got a ton a ton a ton of I mean it's not a hot take but I think he's got a ton of upside and I think he's a lot better than people are giving him credit for a lot of the problem with Malik Willis is that he had the one game he plays at at Liberty right so naturally his competition is going to be shit so it's hard to get a real read for how he's going to play against good competition played against Old Miss this year obviously an SEC team 
and got absolutely dominated. Zero touchdown passes, three interceptions. So you're looking at the box score and you're like, oh my God, that was absolutely a dagger in Malik Willis's prospect profile. If you watch the game, there wasn't a lot he could do. He was sacked nine times, which means he was under pressure like 60% of his dropbacks. There wasn't a lot he could do, right? When you have Liberty offensive linemen going up against SEC pass rushers, you're going to have a problem. So one of the interceptions came with like 30 seconds left. Just chucking a bit. The, I, the box score was not as bad as he played. All right. He gave it everything he could. He literally put his team on his back, but the statistics are not good for the program. Okay. I am willing to look past that. And I think Malik Willis will continue to rise in the draft process. And if he goes anywhere within the top, you know, 15, 12 picks, he's someone that you're going to need to take in your rookie drafts early, even if you're sitting him for a year. Number six is Mr. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. So this is kind of unlike me, but we have three wide receivers within the top six. I have him at six. ADP has him at five, so I'm actually one spot below, but you could argue Garrett Wilson. If you wanted him to be your wide receiver one in this class all the way up at 102, I wouldn't argue against it. Again, these top three guys are all fucking chefs. Kiss straight out your mother's fucking garden, all right? Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. I've heard a lot of uh, interesting players that people think Wilson plays like. I've heard DeAndre Hopkins, which I actually think is interesting the way he goes up and gets the ball. He's a lot skinnier. He's a lot smaller than DeAndre Hopkins is. So it's hard for your brain to kind of wire those two things together. Garrett Wilson stands at six foot 193, which is perfectly fine and enough size in today's NFL. He is his fast twitch motion, his route running ability while competing with guys like Chris Olave, while competing with that other really, really talented underclassman. As you can tell, I don't play Debbie, so I don't remember the names of the underclass guy. Garrett Garrett Wilson is just absolutely phenomenal at the wide receiver position and has the upside of like Odell Beckham Jr. and has the upside of those types of guys. His body control is unbelievable. The way he twists, it's almost like you're, he's like a salt and pepper shaker, bro. The way you could just like twist his top of his body and the bottom of his body and still stay intact. It makes no sense. I want you to watch this clip at the 130 mark. Bike to bike plays at the goal line. How he gets separation on both of these plays is basically like the entire synopsis of Garrett Wilson. Tight spaces, separation, just elite route runner, can go up and get the ball. Just It's really, really phenomenal. So my comp for Garrett Wilson is a mixture of like Calvin Ridley and Rashad Bateman. Those are the two that I I think Garrett Wilson is. And you might be like Rashad Bateman, but I love Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman is still on the precipice of breaking out and becoming a superstar at the wide receiver position at the NFL level, okay? So Calvin, think Calvin Ridley, think Rashad Bateman, maybe a little bit more exciting in terms of like spectacular catchability. Garrett Wilson is absolutely awesome. Next up on this list, we have our third quarterback, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. Now his ADP is currently third overall. So he is the quarterback one, according to this ADP. I have him four spots below. He is my quarterback three. Uh, Matt Corral is a really good athlete, played in the SEC. So really good competition, of course. With Matt Corral, I kind of see him as more of a weapon than a beautifully put together quarterback, right? And there's going to be a lot of upside with that. He's also small. Right now we have him at like six foot, six one, 200 to 205 pounds, okay? And if he ends up dipping in below that, like that's going to be a problem for someone who's athletic and uses his running often, okay? If he's taking a lot of hits, that could be a problem for him. With Matt Corral, when I say he feels more of like a weapon, it's like Mitch Trubisky a couple of years ago, right? Like this is kind of how I see him. He's a little bit more polished as a passer. He's definitely more accurate than Mitch Trubisky coming out. But Mitch Trubisky was a guy who like could randomly put up, you know, 25, 35, 45 rushing yards for you. I think you get that upside with Matt Corral. And here's the thing, like if Matt Corral becomes a really accurate passer, imagine Mitch Trubisky four years ago in fantasy football, but could actually throw the ball. That's the kind of upside you can get with Corral. I personally wasn't in love when I watched him. 
That's why I have Pickett ahead of him. That's why I have Malik Willis, who's more of a project ahead of Matt Corral. I'm a little bit worried about what Matt Corral becomes at the NFL level. I don't know where he's going to be picked in the NFL draft. I think he has the tools to have the upside where, again, think Mitch Trubisky with a rushing upside for fantasy with more accuracy. But if he comes out and he's just not a very accurate quarterback, then think Mitch Trubisky where you can get the rushing upside, but who knows what the fuck he actually becomes at the NFL level. All right, we are moving on to the 101. And before we do so, before we do so, before we do so, I want to introduce you to my favorite product of all time. It's not this microphone. These are from Felix Gray. You know I love my Felix Grays. If you're unfamiliar with what Felix Gray is, they are a blue light blocking glasses company. They have a ton of other glasses up on their site now. I believe they've expanded and they do prescription glasses and they do all this kind of amazing technology nonsense that I don't really know how to explain, but blue light is basically the idea of blocking the light from your screens, camera screen, laptop screen, second monitor screen, cell phone screen, iPad screen, all, all every fucking type of screen, wide receiver screen, Traylon Burks taking a screen 92 yards to the fucking crib screen. There, Here's the thing. Felix Gray is good. They're, they're not good enough to fucking stop a Traylon Burks screen, all right? That's where the line is crossed. But Felix Gray can, can pretty much block every other screen from your eyes, okay? And what happens is if you're consuming blue light at night, especially if you're someone who sits in bed and is like, nom, 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 consuming fucking TikTok after TikTok, continue consuming my YouTube content late at night. But make sure you do it with Felix Gray because when you block the blue light, it allows your body to produce melatonin, which puts your ass to sleep. If you have blue light continuing to sh shove into your eyeballs, it tells your body, hey, we're awake. There's light. We should be energetic. We should be alive. We should be experiencing life. All right. And that becomes a problem at night because you're going to stay awake longer. You're going to the latency between when you fall asleep is going to become a problem. Your REM sleep is going to go down a whole lot of tech, technological, biological problems. I don't want to get into right because this ain't a fucking science channel. It could be if I wanted to spin off. I'm only technically a doctor. Y'all know this. But Felix Gray solves all those problems for you, okay? Everything I'm blabbering about, solved with Felix Gray. Link to Felix Gray right down below. First thing in the description, please, for you and your loved ones, this is one of the easiest health hacks in the world that you can get. These glasses simply just block the light from the screens. FelixGray.com. Use the link down below. Let them know I sent them there. I sent y'all there. feel like after I pitch a product, it's like I just pitched a fucking nine-inning game. Why am I so tired? I was on the phone. I was No, I left someone a voice message today. It was like a 90-second voice message while I was walking, and I was out of breath by the end of it. Like, I'm not that out of shape, unless. Bang! How the fuck could I be out of shape and do this? Tell me that. Bang! 108. I actually swapped the two running backs from my last previous mock draft. I had Kenneth Walker as my RB2. I put Isaiah Spiller up at my RB2. Now, his ADP is two overall. I have him six spots below. And this is where you're going to see the discrepancy between, I mean, if you guys have been following Noah, Noah Hills, no more parties, his last couple of videos have just been ripping apart Isaiah Spiller. And a lot of what I saw on film, he backed up in his analysis. His shit is so, so good, man. I really, really suggest you go take a peep at the last couple of videos that Noah's put out. Basically, when he broke his process down, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about just Isaiah Spiller as a runner. I just don't think he's that good as a pure runner. Here's one thing I really, really suggest you not fucking do. If you watch highlight film of any player, you're going to fall in love with them. If you go to Isaiah Spiller's highlight tapes on YouTube, you're going to think, oh my God, this guy's the best running back in the class, bar none. He has a lot of really really sexy, flashy plays. The all-around picture of him as a running back is not that pretty. I promise you. The thing about Spiller, though, he's probably going to come off a little bit slower than we imagine, but he makes up for it in size. So he's going to be 220 pounds. You know, that that's he, he's a real 220-pound running back. He's also a phenomenal pass catcher. 
So I'm trying to hedge the the bet between I don't think he's that great of a runner and does that actually matter at the next level because he has so many high quality attributes that translate to the NFL, in particular being able to play on third downs and having the size. So if you're a guy who averages 3.8 yards per carry, but you're getting 13 goal line carries a year, plus you're catching, you know, 50 passes a year, it doesn't actually matter what your yards per carry number is, right? Like maybe you split a couple carries here and there, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to like hedge the bet between those two where I don't really believe in Spiller as a runner, but the other parts of his game are pretty fucking sexy. So go watch the tape, figure it out for yourself. Go watch Noah's videos, get a little bit more in depth on who Isaiah Spiller is a runner before you use your 101 or 102 on him. I like Brees Hall way better. Uh, so Spiller, 108. Kenneth Walker, 109. Michigan State running back. I have him at nine. ADP has him at nine. So not much uh, movement here. Kenneth Walker is a guy that's slowly been moving moving down my board a little bit as I think some size concerns might roll in. When I first first started looking at this class, I thought Kenneth Walker was, you watch him play and he looks like bulked up. I thought he was going to come in at like 215, 220 pounds. Learn that he's like 205-ish pounds. He's a lot smaller and he's a guy that does not catch passes. So yes, he could be a very good pure runner, but if he's not going to catch passes at the next level and he's like 205 pounds... That is a cause for concern, but there's a lot left up in the air for uh, for me here when it comes to Kenneth Walker. You know, does he weigh in at 212 pounds as opposed to 203 pounds? That's a big difference for me. Does he run a 449 as opposed to a 464? Also a big difference for me. So I'm going to let the combine kind of play out how athletic he is and then kind of adjust my rankings from there. But for right now, he's the running back three in this class for me. And as you can see, there's a huge tier gap between Spiller and Walker and Brees Hall all the way at the top there at the 101. So Walker at the 109 for me, very impressive runner, basically led the nation in every running category statistically this year after transferring from Wake Forest. So he goes to Wake Forest, was there for 2019, 2020, never really has a pop-off season, transfers to Michigan State this year, goes absolutely nuts. 264 carries, 1,646 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. 2019, three catches. 2020, three catches. 2021, even the year where he's the workhorse and he's basically playing every down for Michigan State, 13 receptions for 89 yards. That is a screaming red flag to me. Does it mean he can't make it happen? Absolutely not. But to just say he's going to be a pass catcher at the next level when we have no shred of evidence of that happening, that's a problem for me, okay? But as a pure runner, he's as good as Brees Hall. He's as good as anybody in this class. When you look at the advanced analytics, man, elusive rating per PFF, number four overall in the NCAA among 170 running backs. His breakaway rate of 11.5%. So the number of runs that he turned into 15 plus yard carries, 11.5%. That's top five in the entire country. When you look at yards after contact per attempt, number six out of 200 NCAA running backs. Broken tackle rate per another source, Sports Info Solutions, as opposed to just PFF, number five out of 200 running backs. So basically every statistical category in terms of who he is as a pure runner hits. Okay. My concern is just how involved is he outside of the first two downs? How big is he? Those are real concerns. Um, so we will let, again, the combine kind of dictate and draft capital dictate how high we get on Mr. Kenneth Walker. Pick number 10. We are going bike to the quarter bikes. Mr. Sam Howell out of UNC, ADP 8. I have him number 10 overall, and he's a guy I could see jumping up the board a little bit, depending on where he goes in the NFL draft. Now, Sam Howell out of UNC had a very, very big year. He, he is a very interesting resume. I think there's so many, there's a lot of high upside parts of Sam Howell's resume that you can pick apart. So 2019, he breaks out as a freshman. 3,600 passing yards, 38 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. The following year, he basically does the same thing over uh, over again. He's more efficient on a per-pass basis. Then his entire offense leaves for the NFL. You probably, you know, this this narrative is very tired at this point, but Javonta Williams, Michael Carter, Daz Newsome, De'Ami Brown, four legitimate NFL offensive playmakers. You rarely have that on an uh, NCAA team outside of like Alabama. All those guys leave. 
2021, his statistics fall off pretty dramatically. I mean, he still has a fine year, but there's a lot of, you know, red flags and blemishes in his gameplay when you watch 2021 compared to 2020. And that's naturally going to happen when you lose those fucking four guys. But we've seen him do it with NFL offenses have Deami Browns and Daz Newsom's and Michael Carter's on their team. So he will be back with that level of talent on the team. The crazy, crazy part is, and this is definitely a positive for a guy like Sam Howell who knows how to get it done in other ways. When these passing numbers fell off in 2021 on the ground, he ran the ball 183 times for 828 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. This dude can move on the ground. That's going to be a big part of his game going forward. It's crazy because his freshman year, when he broke out for 3,600 passing yards, he ran for 35 rushing yards. The next year, 146. This year, 828. So when no one else on his team wanted to get shit done for him, he said, fuck y'all. It's my show. 828 rushing yards. So he's athletic. He can run the ball. And he's shown high upside at the quarterback position. So he is a guy, again, I'm going to let the NFL draft kind of dictate where he goes. I'm, I'm curious to see what his 40 time is. You know, that's not really going to, like, move him up or down the draft board for me. You know, if he's like a 4-6-5 guy as opposed to a 4-8-5 guy, it won't do anything for me. But uh, really good to see the athleticism in his third year. Of course, there was a little bit of a accuracy issue going on there. But that's going to happen when your guys aren't separating. You don't have that kind of talent anymore. So Sam Howell is kind of like the forgotten guy because of his fall off this year but I think he deserves to be up there with the Matt Corrals uh, and and that'll depend on where the NFL draft sees him fall to number 11 Mr. Jamison Williams out of Alabama he is currently going 12th overall so I have him one spot higher y'all know Jamison Williams absolutely explosive playmaker he's like a fucking firework when he shoots off the line really good route runner um, and he's not really you know you think of these guys you think of like the Jalen Waddles you think of these guys that come out of Alabama as absolute fire rockets and Jamison Williams like built pretty well 6'2 190 so he is not small and he's going to be recovering from a torn ACL that's the problem he tore his ACL like the last game of the season we don't know when he's gonna get on the field could be early in the season it could be September it could be October it could be November we really really don't know at this point so there's a good chance that you're kind of washing away his entire rookie season but the upside of what he brings to the field is major this guy goes to Ohio State for two years can't get on the fucking field which is crazy and that kind of tells you you know the talent of the Olaves and the Garrett Wilsons and the whoever the other fucking underclassmen were but wide receivers at Ohio State are just reproduced like a fucking sex house over there now he goes to Alabama age of 20 goes nuts this year 15 games 79 receptions 1572 receiving yards 20 yards per reception 20 fucking yards per reception 15 touchdowns okay so Jamison Williams as explosive as they come of prospects in recent memory great route runner once you get him healthy once you get him off that ACL and recovered you're getting an absolute dynamite play playmaker with really really high upside that an NFL team can actually build around he's someone I'll be like just go watch highlights of Jamison Williams because that's just fun right you already know what you're getting out of Jamison Williams go watch highlights of him he has a gear that some cars just typically don't have you know it's almost like you're in a hotel and there's like a secret penthouse room but you can only put the key in to get there that's like what he has if you're driving a car he has a stick shift where you're actually fucking hitting the passenger side seat the most cars don't have james williams has that shit this dude is a baller so is the last pick of the first round before i get into it i'm curious who you guys would have at 112 based off the first 11 picks in this round who you guys would have at the 112 before i say who it is there's a lot of interesting names here man there are probably like eight guys i think you could probably argue into the 112 here i want you to guess who i have and then i want you to Drop below who you would have at the 112. And while you're down there, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you are new. Because we're going to be doing Dynasty Rookie content for the next two months. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And my 112, who you have probably heard me talk about exhaustively, is Rashad White. Running back out of Arizona State. 
Current ADP of 26, so 14 spots higher. Rashad White is a running back with immense upside. Six foot, 210, real size. He's kind of built a little bit more like athletic than actual pure runner. He's a JUCO transfer, so he played two years at JUCO, transferred over to Arizona State, has his breakout year this previous year as a senior, over 40 receptions. This is why I'm so excited about him. He is a playmaker. He is wildly athletic, and he can play on all three downs. He's not the best pure runner. Like, I don't put him anywhere near the class of Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, probably not even like Isaiah Spiller. But Rashad White has the upside of playing on all three downs and is a great pass catcher, okay? And if a team with opportunity lets him on the field, they're not taking him off the field. Rashad White is fun to watch. He makes these highlight plays. He'll catch the ball for you. And I think because he doesn't have a lot of experience playing against real talents at the running back position, there's a lot of upside to improve who he is as a runner, okay? Like two years at Juco, one year as a starting running back at Arizona State. The improvement is there, man. One of the problems with Rashad White, like I mentioned, is he's a little bit older. I think he is 23 years old. So that's like a little bit of a setback. You know, obviously he's got like four, four more years of his prime, but compared to guys who are Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall, 20 years old, huge tear gap there. Okay. So just keep that in mind when you're drafting this year. The age this year is as big of a discrepancy at the running back position as I can remember in any recent year. So that should be a tear gap decider for you. But I love this kid, Rashad White. When you look at like him grading out, Per Sports Info Solution, he was top 10 in terms of route running at the running back position, as well as just pure rusher. I believe he was number one overall as a pure rusher in their grading system, which I have no idea how sticky or predictive that is. Good to see. So my player comps for a guy like Rashad White would be any of the following. Uh, Tony Pollard, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, guys in that mold where they're like athletic as shit. Maybe not pure first and second down runners, but could hold the big workload if given the opportunity. High upside guys if given the opportunity to fill in as as at those roles. We've seen that with Pollard, Drake, Lamar Miller at times as well too. So love Rashad White. All right. And that will wrap up. Man, every time I try to make these videos short, wrong. This guy fucking pops out. This guy's like, fuck you. Just rip on, rip on the mic for the next 45 minutes. It's not like you have shit to do for the rest of the day. Oh, shit. Okay, whoo, thought I had a really important call I was supposed to be on right now, but we got 40 minutes until that call. I might rip off round two right after I film this, but make sure you subscribe because round two will be coming on Friday. But between now and then, we got both Noahs, we got FB guy, we got no more parties, dropping absolute dimes, big brain shit on you. So subscribe to the channel, hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed the video. Make sure you go check out Felix Gray, go cop some blue light glasses. Not only do they look stylish, they make an idiot like me look smart, but make you a little bit more healthy man we're all about health we're all about health we're all about fucking wealth baby we get wealthy by you guys subscribing leaving ratings and reviews on the itunes store as well as spotify all right i'm out i love you goodbye Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.